Next on BYUSN, men's hoops plays at Kansas tonight. What do we expect and how do the Cougars pull off the upset? ESPN's Sean Farnham breaks down that game, TCU later this week, and his top five in the Big 12. Former BYU wide receiver turned Kansas business professor, Nate Meckel, give us a look in tonight's game from Lawrence. Top five Tuesday features the top five road wins in BYU history ahead of this evening's game at the Fog. And which Cougar quarterback did ESPN name as BYU's best since 2000? Did we just give the, uh, oh, is it, is it back? Is it Wilson? Is it Hull? A couple of late Is it Hill? Let's go. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, February 27th. I'm Jeremy Jordan. He is a guy who always eats his Wheaties. This is like a 90s reference. Dave McCann. <laughs> Kids aren't eating Wheaties today. Now, it's more of a Frosted Flakes thing, yep. but uh, I probably have eaten more cold cereal than anyone I know. Mm. Over the course of life, it's been a, it's been a sustainer for me. So when Iowa came up with this idea of, uh, of putting Caitlin Clark on a cereal box and then sending them out to the media as they make their campaign for National Player of the Year, do they really need to have a campaign for her to be National Player of the Year? But it's cruising that way. So here it is. Uh, it's called Caitlin's Crunch Time, and they include a copy of the box score from her NCAA record-setting game. So we got to thinking, if BYU had done this in 2011 with Jimmer, mm -hmm. what would you name the box of cereal? What would make sense to you? And here's what. Here, here's, here's one for Jimmer Flakes. Okay, yeah, I like that. How about Jimmer Jacks? Jimmer Jacks. Honey Hoops Flakes, uh, Jimmer's Honey Hoop Flakes. How, how about Jimmer's Honey Bunches of Baskets? Honey Bunches of Buckets a bucket, and Baskets? Bucket, bucket, All of yeah, it? Baskets, Bunches of Baskets. There's, there's uh, honey and, and <laughs> uh, buckets and it's all kinds of stuff. That's a fun campaign. I'm with you. Does she really need this? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> like, we all know who she is and think she's the best player, right? Yeah. Do you remember when uh, some of the great campaigns for BYU, uh, uh, for uh, Morris, Rob Morris, was the, the train oh, whistles? Famously. We still have one of those around the house. Yeah. They still work. We summoned, we like wanted one from someone, and someone brought one to the uh, front desk one day. That was great. And then with Ty, I think <laughs> they sent Ty's out. Yeah. You know, Ty went on for, one. for Ty. But this is pretty good, you know. Uh, the Iowa folks are eating it up. She's, I think I heard you guys talking about it the other day. Um, Caitlin Clark is the Jimmer she's of the, women's basketball. She's, well, in basketball, period. Like, she is the next great shooter, right? Um, you know, she's, she's the biggest college shooter since Jimmer. Now, Steph Curry was doing good work, too. Let's not uh, forget Steph there. But it's, good. it's fun. He's yeah. doing all right. I think he's had a pretty nice career. So it's fun that the, the Mayans get together and they go, hey, you know what? Let's. Let's do a box of cereal. I do love the kind of cheesy, corny campaigns from the past that BYU had, especially with the pictures and whatnot. I would love that to come back a little more. Yeah. That would be fun. That would be really fun. You let's, need to get a guy, a, a young student athlete, a male or female, who's fighting for National Player of the Year. Willing to. And then you bring all the stuff yeah. back. Yeah, BYU photo's ready. Yeah. They are, they are ready. They've been waiting for this. All rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. Over my 20 years, everybody's had to try to catch up to Bill Self in Kansas. They play Kansas tomorrow at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, and perhaps the most iconic venue <laughs> in the sport. No one goes in there and beats Kansas right now. BYU at number seven, Kansas tonight. Can the Cougars pull off the upset? Oh, it would be a big one. We'll talk about it. Vegas has Kansas as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's not a huge number. Uh, Ken Palm favors Kansas by five points, 35% chance to win for BYU. ESPN Basketball Power Index, 28% chance to win. So based on those numbers, the perception, what 
both teams are doing going into this game. What do you think is going to happen tonight, Dave? Those numbers give BYU a lot of street cred, and they've had street cred throughout with the net and, and most of the polling. Uh, Ken Palm and, and, and Lenardi has been pretty good to him. Uh, and so here comes Kansas, and when the schedule came out, and, and we're going, well, BYU's going to, going to Lawrence. Uh, oh, they'll probably be a five-point underdog. That, that thought never crossed anyone's nope. mind. So the street cred is there because BYU has been competitive in the Big 12 and a chance to, to keep cruising toward what we think will be a 9-9 nine and nine conference record, which would be fantastic. Um, but I'm curious about tonight. At the fact that they didn't play very well uh, at Kansas State, I believe bodes well for BYU tonight. Dallin Hall usually bounces back after a disappointing performance, and if that's the pattern, if he still has his legs and all that stuff, we're late in the season. But one for ten on Saturday at Kansas State, I think Dallin Hall comes back mm. and is solid. And if he's solid tonight, then the team is in it. Yep. Right. Yep. He did ten points, six assists, five rebounds. That kind of a Dallin mm -hmm. Hall night beats Iowa like State, that. beats Texas. Um, and, and, and has led BYU to, to wins on the road. So I think there's a lot of focus on that and a lot of three-point shooting, which wasn't there on Saturday. And obviously, you got to make threes. Like, every team says that, but BYU really relies on threes like hardly anyone else. They, they're on pace to be the fourth high-major team in the last, like, 10 or 20 years to shoot more threes than twos. And BYU's already set a single-season record, by the way, in three-point attempts. And this is no time to change. No. Do what you do well, which is BYU's got a lot of great shooters. I've said uh, in the past couple weeks, I just wanted to see BYU compete. Um, frankly, you know, I just want wins against TCU and Oklahoma State and a win in Kansas City, and then I think BYU's in a pretty good spot. But if you want to avoid the 8-9 seed, and, and even maybe the 7, a win tonight or next Wednesday at Iowa State really helps you. Because BYU does have two road wins this year, but they've kind of struggled in that regard. Two and six, right? It's, it's UCF uh, as one of them in West Virginia. Those are two of the bottom three teams in the league. So BYU didn't have like a signature road win, Dave. Um, what if tonight was that night or next Wednesday? Both are equally tough to win, by the way. I mean, you think of Kansas in a higher plane than Iowa State, but both are top ten. Both haven't lost a home game. If you can win that game, that really helps your resume. Lenardi has BYU as a seven seed. That's the lowest all year. BYU's a 14 in net. That's the lowest all year. BYU's out of the AP poll. They're sliding a little bit. Right. A little bit. It's not bad. BYU's in a great spot. Top 20 in the metrics that matter. They're not in the AP poll. Who cares? It's, it's fun, but it's not the metric. Hey, Arizona State almost got me. So. <laughs> we'll talk about that, that later, which is scary. pretty funny. Obviously, BYU has to shoot the three well. Let's talk about it. Um, BYU is 2-7 and seven when shooting 33% or lower this year. 17-1, 34% plus. It's not that simple, but you're in, you're in the game if you shoot 34 4% or better today. And Kansas allows nearly 35% from three in conference. That is ninth uh, in the league. So BYU has a shot to get some of those kind of baskets. Kansas is tough at home. They're extremely skilled. No McCullough Jr. Right. tonight is a big deal, but they've got the best center in the country in Hunter Dickinson, one of the best point guards in Dwan Harris Jr. They Like Adams, Furphy, they're, bringing them, they're getting a little more bench depth. But what if BYU pulled the BYU tonight? We don't expect it. They're coming off a disappointing road loss. We've seen BYU bounce back against Iowa State and Baylor in similar fashion, Dave, as Spencer has pointed out in this chair. What if tonight is one of those crazy Gonzaga games where BYU went up there and we didn't expect it, and I shaved my head and the whole deal? Yeah. What if tonight's one of those nights? First of all, you're not shaving your head. No. But 
these nights happen every night around college basketball. It's not impossible. So you're right. Why not tonight for BYU? They got to go in and they got to go. We are going to shoot 35 threes. Um, and we do need to hit about 37% of them and, and put the pressure on them. I think yep. they have a chance, a better chance to beat Kansas tonight than at Iowa State next week. Why is that? Because BYU pounded Iowa State here in Provo. Because we've seen a win and, already against And that Iowa team. State's got redemption on their mind. There's mm. a history there. Yep. We've no history with Kansas. You've got to go back a long, long time. Kansas, after this game, has still got to deal with Houston. They've still got to deal with Kansas State. And they've got to deal with Baylor on the road. Baylor on Saturday. So those are bigger games to Kansas. Yeah, um, for sure. This is a big game because of, of, of what it represents. It represents BYU coming into a big league and playing uh, one of the most successful programs in the history of the game, where the game was invented. Uh, just the magnitude of that yep. uh, can be overwhelming, um, but it certainly should be appreciated. That being said, when they tip off, you got Kansas without their star, one of their star players, um, in a in a system where they are trying to get up to. You know, they're playing for a different seed in the NCAA tournament, and they can get there if they beat Houston and Baylor. On the road, both yep. of them, in the next week Which and a half. they've been terrible on the road. They've lost five games in Lake. You can't tell me they're not thinking about that. Human yeah. nature just takes you there. Yeah. But first, got to deal with BYU. So mm -hmm. BYU comes in, uh, Khalifa maybe drops his first three, or, or Trevin now. This isn't a night where anyone can go one for nine. Nope. Uh, especially in that starting well. five. Jackson Robinson can't be one for seven. It's got to be his NBA night tonight in Kansas. That's a lot of pressure on him. But that's what's got to happen to beat Kansas at home. No one's beaten them at home. They're 15 and 0. Yeah, they, they, can they won be 19 in a row. Yeah. at home, they're amazing. This would be one of the best wins in program history if it happens tonight. BYU against top seven teams on the road, Dave. Historically, four and 24. Gonzaga 2017. Gonzaga 2015. San Diego State 2011. UCLA in the year after BYU pounded them in the NCAA tournament at Danny Ainge in 1981-82. This would be like beating one of those Gonzaga teams on the road, which BYU did in a three-year span on the road. Dominant at home, highly ranked, long win streak. Hmm, BYU's done this before. Ask New Mexico. Yeah. Ask uh, Gonzaga. Uh, th this, this would be awesome. Now, uh, remember uh, Ryan Vihar tweeted an interesting um, trend that has been happening. If football lost to that team, Basketball then lost to that team. If football beat that team, uh, you know, basketball, the reverse, right, of football. What happened against Kansas in football, Dave? BYU lost the game, did they not? Well, we were ahead at halftime. This, <laughs> BYU, BYU is, uh, let's see, they, they did it with Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Texas, West Virginia, the inverse. Oklahoma, it didn't work. Oklahoma State, unfortunately, it didn't work. So you got to get back to that winning way there. But that's pretty good to go 5-2 and two in the reversal of football. Tonight might be that night. We're going to summon all the good juju and karma we can from whatever random stats we have. And if because if BYU wins tonight, it's big time. Six-and-a-half-point underdog is three possessions. That is, and Vegas is saying Barely. Kansas is better than BYU by three possessions. That's it. That's well, it. Well, you can steal a couple of those possessions, and now all of a sudden you're in it. Yes. you got a shot to win the game. In the last two games on the road – on Saturdays, despite losing, BYU has done two things really well. One is not turn the ball over a lot, and another is offensive rebound. Hopefully BYU doesn't need a lot of offensive rebounds because they're hitting shots. But they, they have put themselves in a position to at least get up more shots. We talked about it yesterday. There's pros and cons to that. Yeah. The con is, well, why are you missing so many shots? 
The pro is you're at least getting more of those rebounds. Let's see what happens tonight. If it's not tonight, then next Wednesday you have another like top 10 road opportunity. But this would be iconic. There are several BYU fans, uh, one named Spencer Linton as well, who are going to the game just to watch. Spencer's not there covering it for us. He just wants to go, which is, which is exciting. We'll check in with him uh, tomorrow, you know, uh, from uh, Lawrence. But, and we'll talk to Nate Mickle coming up. But this, this is an opportunity for BYU. And w- when BYU went to the Big 12, when we thought about basketball, this is the game we thought about. Well, really, we thought about it in Provo. Yeah. But it was just a one-off. If this game was in Provo, what would the margin be? Because, because the line is 6.5 in Lawrence. Would it be like Kansas by 1 or 2? Would BYU be favored? That'd be wild. They were, they were favored to beat Baylor. Baylor was number 11 coming in last Tuesday. It was four and a half, too. It wasn't just yeah. like one, and, and BYU covered. And then BYU's favored on the road in all these places. Like We see these numbers, we're like, uh, Vegas gives BYU more street cred than a lot of Cougar Nation because Cougar Nation's <laughs> bracing for reality of it being snatched away. Um, and, and this is a, a, another perfect, perfect yeah. example of everyone goes, hey, this is going to be pretty close. It's a six-point game. Uh, and, and so a six-point game is, well, then why can't you win it? Maybe BYU does. We'll see. We've seen it before. It's been a couple years since those Gonzaga wins. But can BYU summon a great performance tonight? We'll see. Our question of the day is this. What do you expect from BYU men's basketball tonight at number seven, Kansas? Dallin Worthington on X. I want to see BYU compete. Last few road outings have been uncompetitive. I'm fine with the loss in this one, but be competitive enough to have a chance at the end. What does that look like, uh, you know, BYU's within six in the last two minutes? Is that what we're talking about, something like that? Yeah, or they're not, they're not down by 20 and then they make a charge back. to make Single digits at the under four timeout, perhaps? I think there's some concern there of uh, it's late in the season. It's the first go-around in the Big 12. It's not an excuse, but, but BYU might be getting worn down. And I thought Saturday they looked worn down. Uh, at home, you just get an extra boost. They're great against Baylor. But I think it'll be interesting against a Kansas team in that setting. Do they have enough uh, in their legs to get the rebounds and to hit the shots? Um, that'll be something to watch because we're heading down the stretch of what's been a juggernaut. After BYU went to, uh, let's see, they went on the road and that second game was against Oklahoma on a Tuesday. They were on the road for a long time, right? BYU chose to come home and then they left yesterday to go yeah. back to Kansas. That'll be interesting. I think I, that was a change in the plan, by the way. I think to avoid what happened at Oklahoma, which is, no, let's go home, sleep in our own bed, be well-rested, go out there, get a nice shoot-around, and then compete on Tuesday night, which is tonight. Continue to weigh in on uh, X, Facebook, and Instagram. Well, it's the big one tonight, as mentioned. Number seven, Kansas hosting BYU. Our pregame coverage starts at 7 o'clock Eastern time with Greg, Mark, and Cleon on BYU Radio. Greg might have to get some oxygen tonight. He's, he's calling a That's game the at Allen Fieldhouse. You know, pace yourself, Greg. This is a big one. Let's go. After the break, ESPN Sean Farnham on the Cougars at Kansas tonight. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU, what they do is so different than everybody else. The toughness and the security of this team is very similar to what has been in this league. BYU really, I don't think there are very many teams out there, if any, that they cannot beat. Welcome back to Studio B with your day-to-day Cougar Sports play-by-play. Jeremy Jordan, Dave McCann. Last week we had Jay Billis on, Sean Farnham, Roxy Bernstein. We had Fran Fraschilla on Monday. We now welcome back Sean Farnham, who last week 
uh, was mildly upset that we had Jay Billis on. So now that we've had a couple other guys on, Sean, uh, first off, how you doing? How are we feeling? I, I, I see. I wasn't as upset about Jay Billis as much as I, I remember when we during our interview. I said absolutely no Roxy Bernstein, and then you ignored me. <laughs> I was gone that and, day. And, Talk to our producer I, Colton. I mean, I, I'm just wondering, like, it's just, I've, I've come on a couple weeks in a row now. I think I'm starting to lose control uh, over the segments <laughs> that I do. And uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of concerned about that. Um, but no, it's, it's great to be back with you guys. And obviously this is the exciting time of year um, that we're starting to get to that time where we turn the calendar over to March. And as March hits, uh, the madness uh, is in full force. And, and I anticipate that we're going to see that in particular in the Big 12 as we move forward. Look, a lot of teams and a lot of shows like this one can lose their focus here as a, as a grueling regular season winds down. So we'll try to stay sharp. Uh, and, and no, no, I wanted to get off the rails as much as possible. That's usually, usually, <laughs> see, now, if program. you haven't been here, I usually go after Jeremy a little bit, but he's sitting in Spencer's chair today. So I, I don't want to distract him from the show uh, and talk about how great his hair looks or <laughs> something that he said in the previous segment. So we're just going to go ahead and roll along. So I apologize. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, hey, what'd you learn about BYU from the Kansas State loss that, that you might have not seen before that? I think we saw much of the same. I think that's that's the concern, right? When this team goes on the road, uh, sometimes it doesn't pack its D. Uh, and the defense needs to travel, and the defense needs to be strong. And in the Big 12, you cannot take off nights on defense. And when your opponent, you allow a home opponent to shoot 55% plus uh, from the field, and you give them, I think, over 31 free throw attempts, you're not going to get a great whistle on the road really anywhere. And that's, that's a staple in any conference, regardless of what conference you're playing in. Um, but to allow them to find rhythm and shoot with such efficiency, uh, I think that becomes a a, a concern um, from the fact that you're obviously not going to be playing home games in the NCAA tournament. Uh, so you've got to be able to, to be intense. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The defense is the key for BYU. I'm not worried about the offense of BYU. And I know that they can struggle at times from three, and we've talked about that over the course uh, of the season. But I agree with what you guys were saying in the previous segment. Do you and do you really well? Who are you and what is the strengths of your team? Uh, and, and I tell people all the time when I do business meetings and, and, and motivational speaking is, what are your strengths and play to your strengths? So often in society, we start worrying about our, our weaknesses on the offensive end of the floor. Don't worry about that if you're BYU. The defense has proven time and time again in, in conference play that it's capable and it's able to get there. So now the question becomes, why doesn't it show up in the games on the road? Why didn't it show up at Oklahoma State? Why didn't it show up at Kansas State? And I remember last week I did tell you that the, B the Baylor game was a more winnable game than probably the game at Kansas State just because of how difficult it is to win in that environment. Well, tonight it's another challenge uh, and a historic environment uh, that will present a, a unique challenge all in itself uh, with the Kansas Jayhawks. Hold on. You've been holding out on us? You're, you're Matt Foley, motivational speaker? <laughs> I do. I do tend to do some corporate events throughout the course of the year. Look at you. Nice. Look at you. I, I got to like pay it. for college tuition for my oldest son. So we, we're, <laughs> just remember that. You you, hey, you guys, hey, you think you got me on this show for free? That ain't it. <laughs> Everybody's got a price. Mine just isn't very high. That's all. Hey, I know how that is with uh, rugby in particular. Like a lot of small prices yeah. add up to a bunch of stuff. Exactly. Right? exactly. There you go. Small and simple means, as, uh, as they say. Okay, tonight uh, I'm the guy Kansas. with the chisel and the, and the small hammer on the big stone, just going like <laughs> yep. this, you yep. know, all day long. Hey, all day. Let's go. Okay, tonight, certainly an opportunity for BYU. The Cougars do not have a marquee road win. They, are, they have Iowa State and Baylor at home, which are two tremendous wins, right? BYU 2-6 and six on the road. 
And that would be another one of those BYU at Gonzaga, like where did this come from? Top three road win, undefeated number, whatever team kind of moments. It's been a few years, but we've seen BYU do this before. And then Vegas gives us a six and a half point line. No McCullers Jr. How, what's the chance BYU actually pulls off a crazy upset tonight? Yeah, I think the other thing to note too is that Utah loss isn't looking very good right now. We don't um, want to hear that. You, I understand that you don't want to hear that, but that's the reality of the situation. That Utah loss uh, that looked like it was going to be okay early in Pac-12 play doesn't look nearly as good right now as they've continued to struggle uh, late in the season and likely going to miss the NCAA tournament. Uh, the significance of this one or the Iowa State game is huge. And sitting at 7-7, seven and seven, this is why a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, they were saying, hey, these are some must-win games because you had to get above 500 and, and – probably a cushion above 500 to make sure that you stayed at 500 at the end of the season, because this stretch is, is brutal. Um, and you have two of the most difficult road environments in all of college basketball in Kansas and Iowa state. You get one of the oldest teams in college basketball in TCU that thrives getting points off of turnovers. However, if you watch the game last night, I think you're fairly confident your offense is going to be okay against that team because whew, that was a struggle bus last night to yep. watch that game, uh, for Baylor, uh, against TCU at TCU, uh, game in which the Horn Frogs lost. And then obviously Oklahoma state is a must, must win game. So if you want to finish above 500, you got to steal one that you're not supposed to get. Uh, now, I think tonight is the easier game to get out of the two road games that be, uh, be, uh, BYU is playing based on the fact that Kevin McCullough isn't playing. Mm. Now, why is that so significant that Kevin McCullough isn't playing? Well, first of all, he's probably their best all-around player on the team. He impacts the game at all levels, defensively, offensively, he assists, rebounds. Like he, He's kind of the glue that holds it all together. Now, Hunter Dickinson is obviously a massive man underneath and has great size, but Kevin McCullough's been playing at an all-American level. So now that means you've got to pull somebody off your bench. But when you look at uh, Kansas, they, they don't play players off their bench, and they're getting very limited production off of their bench. In fact, they're number three in the country as far as minutes played by their starters uh, with only Air Force and Tulane ahead of them. So they're not getting guys coming off the bench that are being productive. Uh, and Bill Self has had a very short bench all season long. Now, the key, I think, in this game, there's two things to look at. One is defensively, how can you be disruptive against Hunter Dickinson and not allow him just to get post-up position and, and just bury you under the basket and allow them to play through him. For if he's going to want to shoot the ball from the outside, he's got more to his game, but I think you want to run him off the three-point line as much as possible. And Dewan Harris, at times, has been you know, lacking aggressiveness and looking for his own shot because he's such a great facilitator. And if you can hold him under 10 points, the numbers speak to themselves. It benefits the, the opponent. So I think handling the environment, keeping Kansas off the free throw line, uh, going to be very key. I think BYU is going to be able to score tonight. Uh, the question becomes is defensively, are they going to be able to be dialed in? And, and as this game goes on, can the depth uh, and the multiple shooters – uh, that BYU has wear down Kansas at home. Now, we don't see that very frequently, uh, especially at Allen Fieldhouse. And if you're expecting a, a whistle that's going to favor BYU tonight, uh, you're, you should be expecting something else. Um, you should be expecting Jay Billis here instead of me or something. You know, like just, it just, it's not, it's not going to, it's not happening today. All right. So I, I think you've got to sit there and you've got to realize that defensively is the biggest key tonight is making sure you're collapsing on Hunter Dickinson and then closing out to shooters, just close out to the shooters. And I think that that would put BYU in a situation that it shifts some of that stress and pressure late in the game over to the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, offensively, I think you, you move the ball 
You, you try to be aggressive. In, because, by the way, if you can get some of the other starters into foul trouble, as I just mentioned, they have no bench. And so I think the level of aggressiveness offensively is, you know, you're going to hear all day long at shoot around, I'm sure, is hey, Kansas going to say, shooter, he's a shooter, he's a shooter. we got to close out. we got to be there on the catch. Can you shot fake? Can you put it on the deck? Can you get by them and then force them to lunge and reach and get in some rotations where you get to go to the foul line at least early, and that lessens the level of aggressiveness that they can play defense? Uh, and I think that would benefit BYU a ton tonight uh, on the road. But this is a significant one. And again, out of the two road games remaining, I think this is the one that's probably going to be easier to get. Um, it's not going to be easy to get, so I don't want you to get confused by that. But I think this one has the better chances uh, than going into Iowa State just because Iowa State – their defense is going to lock you down. They may struggle offensively, but they turn you over as well as anybody in the country, uh, and they score points off of turnovers as well as anybody in the country. Sean, let's say BYU finishes 9-9, nine and nine, and maybe they win a yep. game in the conference tournament. Uh, where do you see the seeding for the big dance, which really is what matters uh, this time of year? And Lenardi's yeah. got him now as a 7. Uh, they're, they're out of the national polls after the Kansas State loss. There's a feel of them sliding. Where do you see the? Where do you see them ending up? Yeah, I had people direct uh, tweeting at me last week because I said that I thought the days were number of being ranked in the top 25, and then they beat Baylor, and everybody's like, "See," and I was like, "Patience, let's wait." <laughs> uh, you can't <laughs> you, you can't play 500 basketball and stay stay in the top 25. It's just not that way. Uh, however, when you look at the seating, and you're you're right. At this time of year, worry less right now if you're a BYU fan. Worry less about the game-to-game -game results uh, as, as much as you worry about the resume that you're building and what's going on around you when it comes to seeding purposes. I think the top seed that they could get if they were able to win a, a – let's say they, let's say they steal, steal a game tonight because that's what it would be, by the way. To win at Kansas, they're stealing a game. They, they beat Kansas, they beat TCU at home, and they beat Oklahoma State. They finish above 500. let us go there. Okay. Uh, then they win a game in the Big, big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Uh, I think you're looking at a team that is probably maybe the last five seed, uh, certainly one of the higher six seeds at that point in time. If you finish 500, I think you're going to finish exactly where you're at right now. I don't think anything's going to change. Um, if you drop below 500, and let's say they lose tonight, lose to TCU, lose to um, Iowa State, and obviously that would mean four straight losses, I think now you're, now you're in danger of dropping down to 8-9. Um, and, and I think that that puts you in a more precarious situation. Uh, BYU is going to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're not going to fall out of the NCAA tournament. Just look at what's going on around college basketball. The Pac-12 is down to just two teams uh, getting in. Uh, I don't see that expanding out unless somebody steals a bid in, in the Pac-12 tournament. And again, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Mountain West is kind of capped where it's going to be at. Uh, so I think as you start to look around, the numbers are pretty much set as far as who's getting in um, from the power conferences. Unless there's there's these random situations where you have uh, you know bid stealers that that come out of nowhere, uh, then that starts you know concerning you as far as bumping you down potentially more. But I think the worst seed you're going to see is a nine. The best seed you're probably going to see is a, is a high six, maybe the last five if you really go on a run down down the stretch. We're talking with Sean Farnham of ESPN. Let's finish with this. Who are your top five teams in the Big Twelve as we sit? I think you, you got to start with the Houston Cougars, right? I mean, Houston has just been consistently um, just wearing teams down at the defensive end of the floor, their ability to get second-chance points. Uh, I think Iowa State is second based on their defense and the consistency in which they play. The depth of Kansas concerns me. 
Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and Kevin McCullers' injury concerns me. Uh, Baylor, huge win last night against TCU. That's what jumps them over TCU. Otherwise, I would have had TCU ahead of them. Remember, TCU actually has been pretty good on the road this year. That's important to note as they come uh, to Provo uh, for that contest. Uh, they're a team that thrives in the fast break and points off of turnovers. Uh, but I think those are the five teams right now. Texas Tech would probably be six. Uh, and then I would put BYU uh, right behind them. BYU with wins versus two and four on your list. They're playing three and five this week. Should be eventful. But those Sean. are at home. You got to win games yep. on the road. You want to be elite, win games on the road. Kansas, Kansas can't win games on the road either, by the way, no. which yep. is why Kansas isn't higher up on my list. You know, again, offensively, they're great. They win at home. Okay, cool. But they don't win on the road. And you in the NCAA tournament, every, every game's a neutral site game. Uh, and when you get to Kansas City, which, by the way, I can officially say, I'm going to be in Kansas City, yeah, dog. Uh, so I can't wait to be there and be part of the festivities, uh, and it should be fun. And I hope BYU fans show up and show out, just like they did for the WCC. Uh, because, uh, the, uh, you know, as I get to Vegas for the WCC tournament, I will tell you this. I will miss the thousands of BYU fans, and I've been screaming at, like, the San Francisco's and the St. Mary's of the world going, please, just get buses for your kids. Send them down. Make the environment good, please. Uh, because it will be missed this year, without question, the fans uh, of BYU. And I hope that the BYU fans um, understand that this experience is, is different. It, it's supersized, and it is magnificent. Uh, to be part of the Big 12 tournament. Uh, it's an event. It's not just games. It's not just a tournament. It is an event uh, that you want to be part of, and, and certainly I hope to see many BYU fans there in Kansas City in a couple weeks. Sean, what you won't be missing at the WCC is the long line of BYU fans at the Baskin-Robbins after the last game of the day. Right to the line, but, right to the front. But I will miss the desk. Okay, like little known facts. Let's go inside the weeds here, okay, about how great BYU TV is to, uh, to us at the WCC tournament. There were times that we got to use some of your cameras on our broadcast. Yeah. And let's be honest, you guys know this. Your cameras were better than ours in certain areas. So we're like, what? We got an, we got an overhead camera from the top, like the dunk cam? Like, wow, how do we get this? And we're like, yeah, it's BYU TV. So yeah. I'm we like, oh, you. okay, well, appreciate it. Our and snacks then were better too. We had better snacks. Yeah, the craft, craft way better great. snacks. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, you had the set inside the arena that was super nice. That I'd always like at least join you for one day yeah. uh, of it. Uh, so yeah, you, you know, look, it'll be missed. You guys will be missed in Las Vegas. There's no doubt about it. Uh, not just your fans, but all of both of you uh, will be missed in Las Vegas as well. Uh, it was a great run in the WCC. I'm happy to go back there. Obviously, some. Some major games coming up this week for Gonzaga as they have two yeah. potential quad one wins laying in front of them as they're in jeopardy of maybe missing the NCAA tournament, depending upon what they do uh, at the Chase Center on Thursday Sean, night against Sean, we USF don't care about again. Gonzaga anymore. <laughs> We've moved on well, from we, we, the don't, we don't care about the Zags anymore. No, you actually brought them up earlier. Uh, you were referencing a win you had four years ago. Because what are of you talking Brigham. about? Because of Brigham. <laughs> because okay. of Brigham. John, uh, best of luck on your studio stuff tonight, and we appreciate the time. I'm, I'm going to need it, guys. I'm going to need it. I'm a little punchy right now. I'm a little tired. It's late in the season. I, you know, you were talking about fatigue factor for the players. Right. I, can we talk about announcer fatigue? Like, oh, is there, there has yeah. to be something, you know. It's like, yeah. how much more do I have to really say about all these teams that we see? Like, watching Miami play North Carolina last night. Oh, <laughs> what just are keep, we doing? Just keep giving Greenberg a hard time. Yeah, it's fun to watch. Listen, you're well, living the dream. And, you're living the dream. Yeah, and, and West Virginia. How is West Virginia down 25 points? And we all look at it and go, that game's over. And then we're like just focusing on the Miami game. And the next thing I know, I look over and I go, hey, coach, 
That's a four-point game now. What the hell just happened there? <laughs> yeah. Look at look out. Look out. Sean, we have 22 to 2 run just happened, Farnham. They hit nine threes. Oh, okay. I it, got it. It happens. It happens. Sean, we you appreciate it. You guys are the it. best. Thanks, brother. And a great visit. Sean Farnham catches on everywhere. ESPN tonight. It's a big game. He's around it. Yep, it'll be fun to see him. So Fran Fischel and Sean Farnham in uh the big, at the Big 12 tournament, That'd be which good. will be a lot of fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Hey, join us Thursday night for BYU basketball with Mark Pope. Show starts at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. That place is going to be packed, I think, regardless. But if BYU wins tonight, oh, man, it's going to be a hard ticket to get. Which BYU quarterback is the best since 2000, according to ESPN? And who do, do we agree? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. He's uh, Dave. I'm Jim. Let's get to today's headline. We're still recovering from Sean. <laughs> it takes a moment. <laughs> BYU men's basketball tonight at number seven, Kansas. Jayhawks undefeated at home this season. Six and a half point favorite, Ken Palm. Says BYU's got a 35% chance to win. Pre-game coverage, 7 Eastern on BYU Radio. For the first time since November 27, the Cougars fell out of the AP Top 25 yesterday. They're the first team out, so they're 26 if you go by the numbers. Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, he's backed BYU up now to a 7 seed. That's the lowest of the season. And he's got them playing New Mexico, a 10 seed in Charlotte, if the tournament were today. Interesting. Men's volleyball moves up two spots, number six in the ABCA poll. Got a split against number four UCLA, both matches in five sets. Going 10 and six on the year, bye week this week, then at Stanford next week. Still the best show on campus. Pretty good. There's some good shows on campus. Men's and women's swim and dive are at the Big 12 Championships in Morgantown. As the competition begins today, goes through Saturday, we wish all those competing the best of luck. Women's golf is in the 11th place at the Causeway Invitational in Sacramento through the first two rounds. Berlin Long tied for 11th, shooting two over part of lead BYU. Cougars teed off earlier this round to start round three. NFL Combine Week, BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis begins today. He's got registration, orientation, team interviews, and we'll have more updates as the week goes on. But there's three Cougars back there with uh, Suamata'ia and Rico yep. and Slovis. We hope to have a great time. Time now for the Big 12 Roundup. Big game with Baylor and TCU last night. Bears win at 62-54. Sean talked a little bit about that one. Yep. So we can skip through it. BYU's going to host the Horned Frogs on Saturday. Mm -hmm. When they're on, they're on. That first game with Baylor was 105-102 to in triple overtime in Waco that TCU won. That same team's coming to Provo and this uh, last night, and the Bears got them back and forward. Big game Saturday. Obviously a huge game at Kansas tonight. Kansas State beat West Virginia in overtime. Kansas State led by as many as 25 points, but West Virginia came back, 29-4 run. Mountaineers had a three-point lead with two minutes left. They go to OT, and what does Kansas State do in OT, Dave? They have won 12 in a row under Jerome Tang going back to last year. That's amazing. Tyler Perry scored 29 to lead K-State. Cincinnati tonight is at number one Houston. And uh, the Cougars back on top of the poles. They've been solid. They're 15-0 at home. And Cincinnati 5-9 and nine in the Big 12. Houston won the first one. It was a close one by 5. They're favored by 13 and a half. You know what Houston does? 
is they just find ways to win when things get tight in the second half. Yeah, they, and they win ugly, they win defensive, they've got great guards, they rebound well, super physical. They're like a better San Diego State, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with a, a little more skill in the guard line there. Texas at Texas Tech tonight, ESPN 9 Eastern, last regular season conference game between these long-time rivals before Texas moves to the SEC next year. Texas Tech won the first meeting in Austin. Red Raiders 8-6 on the year, Longhorn 6-8. Tech by three and a half points. That is the Big 12 Roundup. You know, it'll be the last time the Horns play in Lubbock. And so this is, this is going to be out for mm. blood tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's going to be rocking. That wraps up the Big 12 Roundup. Let's whip it. Google Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. I've been waiting all morning to ask you this question. I'm curious. If it was said. May, this would be trending. ESPN's Bill Conley ranks the best 80 quarterbacks in college football since 2000. Uh, Zach Wilson was BYU's lone quarterback on the list. Mm. So it got us thinking. Was Zach a better college quarterback than Max Hall or John Beck? Bill Conley says yes. Or what Taysom Hill, right? Taysom Hill. Uh, depends what you want. If Brandon the NFL, Doman. If the NFL, right? If the NFL draft is everything, then it's Zach Wilson. If winning games is everything, then it's Max Hall. Granted, Zach could have won more had he stayed at BYU, right? Another year. Um, John Beck was pretty good, too. Taysom Hill overall was the best dual threat BYU's ever had, uh, you know, I, I would argue, even over Steve Young. So it just depends what you want. Um, I really like I really like Max in the clutch moment and John Beck and Zach had the 2020 schedule. He dominated it. It's hard to really know on this. I don't have a clear answer myself, but <laughs> they say Zach. I would say since Max won more games than any quarterback in BYU history, that he deserves to be in the list. Not saying it's sure. one or the other. Yeah. Uh, there should be two or three in that list because Hall was that good. Yeah. John Beck was that good. You look at their career numbers and uh, and you look at Zach. So I think we got shortchanged in that list of 80. Yeah. It, who, who would you put in there as the number two guy? Because I think Zach needs to be in there. That is the question. I think I'd put that is I'd the put question. And the Dominators 01 was pretty good. It was pretty good. One AP poll voter put uh, 14 and 14 Arizona State at number nine in the poll this week. Does this reinforce how flawed the poll is, or are we just bitter because Bureau's not in it? I can't confirm, but <laughs> I don't know if his eight-year-old got the list, made the poll himself, and sent it in. He's like, finger slipped. He meant Arizona. <laughs> it's like, even that should be higher. We're trusting the net, and we'll see if the net is really the end-all, be-all. We'll see. Women's basketball hosting Houston tomorrow night on Senior Night at the Marriott Center. Dave's on the call. Blaine Fowler will join me along oh, with nice. Hammer Time, Brett Hammer. Oh, yeah. Uh, that'll be tomorrow night, 9 o'clock Eastern Time on Big 12 Now on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio. Dude, I loved MC Hammer as a kid. Didn't, never had the pants, though. Did you have the pants ever? No. <laughs> I was going to guess no. <laughs> what if we had a BYU guy in the Kansas faculty who watched games, broke down the Jayhawks, versus Cougars matchup on the show. Oh wait, we do. It's former receiver Nate Mickle live from Lawrence after the break. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. It is a ball night. BYU at number seven, Kansas in men's hoops. Great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jerem Jordan, Dave McCann, now joining us live from Lawrence, Kansas, is a man who has had notable degrees from Stanford, Notre Dame, and mostly Brigham Young, who now works at Kansas, who comes down on the show to talk about Kansas, BYU, and even men's hoops. It's Nate Mickle. Nate, what up, dog from Lawrence? How is it today? So great to be here. And I, like I say, I'm, I'm possibly the... Uh, most excited person about BYU to the Big 12 because 
BYU and my friends get to come out here every year, multiple times a year. So couldn't be happier. Do you take a lot of heat from the Jayhawk students in your class heading into a game like this? Um, I mean, the truth is like, no, I, you know, it would be more fun if I could say, yeah, and they were asking me, but, uh, I love KU basketball. Now I do love BYU basketball, you know, more. Um, but basically we kind of feel like we're on the same team 99% of the time. And so today it, it'll be fun to see what happens. The other thing too is, you know, most of the fans around here fully expect KU to win. So I, I think that's a, a, you know, another factor in this. That's a reasonable ask, given how good Kansas is typically, that they haven't lost at home since last year. TCU went in there, was the last team to do it. <laughs> so what are you expecting tonight with the BYU team that's played pretty well this year, but uh, obviously coming off a disappointing uh, performance in the Sunflower State at Kansas State Saturday? Yeah, so here's what's going to happen, okay? So Khalif is going to be dropping dimes like crazy. Let's Dallin go. Hall's going to have seven to eight assists. Trevin Nell, Noah Waterman, Spencer Johnson, they're all going to hit a bunch of threes. Jackson Robinson's going to hit a big three, hit some big free throws down the line. Foos is going to finish in the paint like a madman. Richie's going to hustle and make plays all over the place, and BYU's going to win. I like it. This, this sounds good. That sounds like uh, a breakdown from a guy who's going to be wearing a BYU shirt at Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> yeah, what are you wearing tonight? <laughs> I uh, I mean TBD. <laughs> you know it's hard to you know it's like do I really wear a shirt that's a you know a cheering against the 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 you know place that writes my check. Uh, I, I will not. Yeah, I I, I will probably be neutral. I'm probably not going to wear Kansas, but I, I don't think I. I will see. We'll see. Yeah. Don't I'll, wear I'll one of those pretty... split things though. That's just weird. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No, 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 no. Unless you have a kid on both teams, then it's fine. But I've seen the split thing before, and it just ticks me off. You know. Um, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah, you you recently uh, had Andy Reid on your podcast. Um, what what was it like coming off the uh, Super Bowl win for our guy Andy Reid there? Of course, uh, in, uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, so great to talk to Andy. Such a stud. I got lined up with him. Uh, I'd ask somebody to line me up with him, and he sends he Andy sends me an email like 24 hours later. Like, here's my cell phone. Give me a call. Let's talk. So cool. And yeah, I just asked him about leadership. I teach leadership at the University of Kansas, and Andy uh, said that first, I thought it was cool. He started by talking about how much he learned from Lavelle and the church leaders, our church leaders, but also from Lavelle and how he was never out of control and he was honest and he's a good teacher. Um, and so he talks about staying under control with, you know, Travis Kelsey bumping him uh, in the Super Bowl. But I thought what was really cool ultimately is Andy spent basically the entire interview just talking about how awesome. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones are, how much he loves them. And to me, it was like, that's why Andy's so great. Like, yeah, those things that he learned from the bell matter. But the other thing that he learned from the bell, and the other thing that he just probably does pretty well is he just loves people and he treats them the right way. He knows them. He remembers that Chris Jones didn't get drafted on the first day that he was wearing a red tuxedo eight years ago, didn't go on the first day, and then they got him. So I, it was just so cool to hear Andy's perspective, but then really kind of, Think about it after the fact, and it's like, oh, that's you know, that's why Andy's so great is, is he loves his players and, and they love him. Isn't it interesting that coaching style we quickly label as old school, um, and and they are set apart because they're so different. And then all these up and coming coaches are so busy trying to, I don't know, invent themselves. But they look at the standard, and yet they they they're over here being just the opposite. 
and, and that allows the standard of Andy Reid just to continue to grow into, man, he just has got it figured out. Everyone should figure it out and, and follow guys like him like he's followed Lavelle. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I was in a I was in a uh, discussion with my friends yesterday, and there's this new series on Netflix that's chronicling. Well, I, I think it's relatively new. Chronicles, uh, you know, the the Florida football program, and the way Urban Meyer went in there and changed the culture overnight. I don't know that many other styles would have worked to get results so quickly. Uh, but Andy's res- but first, I would. I mean, part of me, it's like part of me would want to play for Urban just to, to be in such a hyper-competitive environment. But part of me wants to just like take video and sh- and leak it to the press and show how uh, toxic that, that workplace would be. Whereas Andy, it's almost like a slow build, but over time you get the right guys and they love each other and they play for each other. And now he's got a dynasty going and I think it is that style that's contributed so much to the success at Kansas City. You see Kalani trying to do some of that too. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And you certainly have to surround yourself with greatness, as Chad Lewis wrote about in his book, right? Um, if Lavelle doesn't get the right OCs and the right quarterbacks, he's probably not the Lavelle we know, right? And if exactly. Andy Reid doesn't have uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, who knows what that looks like? Still good, but is it this good? Um, so you need some breaks here and there. And uh, it's, it's funny how the breaks happen to the nice guys sometimes, right? The guys who do it yeah. the right way, which it did happen. Let's finish with this, Nate. What makes Fog Allen Fieldhouse so unique to go to for a game, which some BYU fans are flying in to see this tonight? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's the birthplace of college basketball. So Allen Fieldhouse is on Naismith Drive. James Naismith founded the program. He was the first basketball coach at Kansas. His, uh, his player, Fog Allen, was the second, he became the second coach. That's who the arena is named after. Fog Allen's player, Adolf Rupp, went to Kentucky, which is now the all-time winningest program. Their arena, of course, is named Rupp Arena. Oh, Kansas will likely soon overtake them as the all-time winningest program. Dean Smith, he played for KU under Fog Allen, won a national championship, then went to North Carolina where he, went, where he won two more. Uh, Roy Williams made it to two national championships as the head coach at KU. Then he won three at North Carolina. Uh, there's a shirt here I love in Lawrence that it says, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, the birthplace of North Carolina basketball. Uh, <laughs> you got Larry Brown. He won a championship at Kansas, then won a championship in the NBA. I believe he's the only NBA coach to do so. Mm. And now you have Bill Self with two championships. You got players like Wilt Chamberlain, Danny Manning, Paul Pierce, Joel Embiid, Andrew Wiggins. The original rules of basketball are here. Now, I really do hope that BYU does what I said they're going to do. So much of the game tonight, it just depends on if BYU hits threes. If BYU yeah. can hit threes, they can win. This KU team is not deep. They're super talented at the top end. Dickinson and Furphy. McCuller's not playing, obviously. Uh, Dewan, that played for the national championship team. KJ Adams, who's the, one of the bounciest players I've ever seen. But that's it. So if, if any of them get in foul trouble, have an off game, and or if BYU can hit threes, they really can win tonight. It's not going to take a miracle. It would just take them hitting threes and playing a solid game. Hey, not on that original rule list is the three-point shot which is the key yeah. for the first <laughs> Yeah, also. And, and KU, KU treats it that way, right? They do not shoot three-pointers hardly at all this <laughs> They're year. offended by the yeah, three. They, they yeah. stick to the creed there. <laughs> Nate, yeah. we appreciate the time as always. Uh, I'm interested to see what shade of blue you wear tonight. Uh, we'll have Spencer report on that coming up tomorrow. Thanks, Nate. Please do. Yeah, I'll send a picture. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nate. Nate Mickle from Lawrence. We appreciate it. Coming up, the top five road wins in men's basketball history. Will tonight's game make the list the next time we do this? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
Welcome back. Top five Tuesday. Best road wins in men's basketball history. Let's start with number five. Uh, and we're going to go back to 1998. We'll go to the pit in Albuquerque. BYU breaking out the black uniforms for the mm, first time. I love it. Steve Cleveland's guys had to win this game, and then they went and beat UTEP to qualify for the WAC tournament. One of the great ones, 83-62. And it snapped New Mexico's 41-game home court winning streak. Big time. Number four, number seven, BYU at number six, San Diego State in 2011. This was the back end, right? The big home win. And then Jimmer versus Kawhi, part two. Jimmer had 25 points, nine assists. BYU 14 of 24 from three. They ran away with an 80-67 dub. Number three, BYU beats number three, Gonzaga in 2015. This one was a classic. The Zags were 29 and one. Kyle Collinsworth had 20. BYU won at 73-70. I believe Nate Austin had a key block. If memory that was serves the next right. year. That was the next year, yep. as my memory did not serve me right. <laughs> Chase Fisher and Skyler Halford hits a bunch of threes. That one snapped a 41-game home win streak for the Zags. And that's, it also cost Jerem his hair. Yes, it did. I was at this game. Yep. Okay, number two, because that was the first win of our top three ranked team since this one. BYU at number two, UCLA. This is after Danny Ainge. Fred Roberts, big game in that one. Steve Trumbull, Greg Kite, 79-75. In 1981. Most of us have forgot about this game. Big time. Big yeah. time win. Number one on the list, what could it be? Atkins Zag again, 2017. Yeah. They entered the game 29-0. They had newspapers already printed saying 30-0. and 0, What's That they a were going to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. And, and what was 30-0? Both went poof. <laughs> uh, Eric Mika, 29 <laughs> points, 11 rebounds. TJ Haas, Elijah Bryant. That was a solid BYU team. 79-71. The Cougars won it. Top five best road wins in basketball history. If BYU wins tonight, that game would be on this list the next time we do it. Might even go to number one. Perhaps. Could. Our question of the day, what do you expect tonight against number seven, Kansas? Our lead voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Griffin Marcus Onyx. There ever was a chance to win at Kansas tonight may, may be that time, but it won't happen without solid D. Yeah, the defense has really got to show up tonight. I agree. Wasn't that what Farnham spent That's like 20 what Farnham minutes talking about? <laughs> Play your defense tonight. Wasn't that long, but yeah. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Rise and Shoutout to BYU and the AP poll. It was a great run. Hopefully they get back in it November 27th to February 26th. Our thanks to today's guests, Sean Farnham, Nate Mickle, Sergeant Dennis Pitt. We ran out of Conversation continues 24-7, X, Instagram, Facebook. All our shows are available on BYUSN.com. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Shoutout to Sean Lindquist. Go Cougs tonight. Beat the Jayhawks in Lawrence.